you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings. I'm going to be sharing from the NIV from this text, and then several other passages from King James. But I believe this text speaks more clearer in what I felt like the Lord wanted us to hear this morning. I want to share with you a sermon I've entitled Total Commitment. Total Commitment. I was thinking about the year ending. End of this month, new church year begins, the 1st of September. Begin to try to evaluate and see some areas perhaps we needed to kind of work on uh, as, a, uh, as the body together and perhaps individually. And I believe uh, commitment is subject God would have us look at this morning. 1 Kings chapter 8, and I'd like to read verse 54. Through 62. The words will be on the screen if you don't have an NIV or you can follow along in whatever translation you're using. 1 Kings chapter 8, and we'll look at verse 54. The Bible says, When Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord, he rose from before the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands spread out toward heaven. Just picture this scene, if you would. And he stood and blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice, saying, Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all of the good promises he gave through the servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he never leave us nor forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him, to walk in all his ways and to keep his commands, decrees and regulations he gave our fathers. And may these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, that he may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel according to to each day's need, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none other. But your hearts must be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by His decrees and to obey His commands as at this time. Then the king and all of Israel with him offered sacrifices before the Lord. If you would look at verse 61. But your hearts must be fully committed. Must be fully committed to the Lord our God. To live by his decrees. And to obey his commands at this time. Well you probably remember. The passage before, Solomon had just completed the task of building the temple. and Now he calls the people together, and he has a prayer of dedication. We've experienced that. We completed this building sometime back, just a little over a year ago. We were in this building uh, a year this past uh, June, July. And we had a prayer of dedication. So we kindly understand what the people were going through. 
as uh, Solomon led the prayer of dedication. He begins to remind the people of God of their faithfulness. And he simply ends his prayer with a call for Israel's full commitment to God. So this morning I believe that God would have us to take a serious look at this word called commitment. And as we do, we need to examine our own individual commitment. And then our commitment as a body of believers. Now, primarily I'm speaking to Mountain View Baptist Church family, our faith family. In order for us to continue to carry out God's purpose for evangelism and discipleship and ministry, we, the believers, those that make up the body of Christ here, this congregation, we have to be totally committed to God and to His church. To God and to His church. Now, let me ask you a question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rate your commitment? On a scale from 1 to 10, if God calls for total commitment, how would you rate your commitment? Now, keep in mind, let me remind you, that on God's scale, there's no number below 10. He calls for total commitment. He doesn't ask, doesn't ask for your partial commitment. He doesn't ask for a quarter commitment. Doesn't ha- ask for half your commitment. He doesn't ask for three-fourths of your commitment. But He asks for you to be fully committed to Him. Fully committed to Him. See, we have to remember that we're bought with a price, and not with silver or gold, but the Bible says with the precious blood of Jesus. The Bible puts it this way, What? Know ye not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you are of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so this morning we need to reflect on our personal commitment to God, and then our personal commitment to His church. Now, to do this, we first have to understand what is commitment. What is commitment? And by the way, you don't hear very many sermons about commitment. And when you go to study commitment, you you find very few resources about commitment. I don't understand it. But we need to reflect on our personal commitment But before we do, we have to understand what commitment means. What is commitment? Well, first of all, commitment implies dependability. Dependability. Uh, Yesterday I was on the way home from Trustful, coming back, and I was turning on Interstate 59 South, and to get on Interstate, there's a a good-sized church there, but it's... It's where Corey and Shane and Canaan attend church. And it's a good-sized church. They have three worship services on Sunday and have a large campus. And I noticed a sign, and I had this subject in my heart and mind during the week, but I noticed a sign, a four-by-four sheet of plywood, painted green 
with white letters that just simply read, we are totally committed. Or the sign says, we are dependable. We are dependable. And God's Spirit spoke to my spirit. And I said, oh God, please convict us about our commitment. Lord, one day as a pastor of Mountain View Baptist Church, I pray that we'll be able to put up a sign and be able to truthfully say, we are dependable. We're dependable. Now, dependable simply means you can count on someone. You can count on them. It's commitment. It's dependability. We sit in our everyday life when you, you know, when you call a friend late at night and you need to talk about a serious problem. You'll know you're calling someone that won't hang up on you. Dependable. You know when you dial 911, the operator answers on the other end your emergency call. Dependable. You know when you slide a wedding band on your spouse's finger that it's to death do you part. Dependable. There's a commitment. Commitment means that we give our time and our allegiance and, and our feelings to someone. We give all of ourselves to someone. Commitment means, Lord, I give myself to you. You are my Lord. I surrender all of me to you. Use me as a vessel in your service. I give myself to you. That's commitment. That's being dependable. So first of all, commitment means a total surrender of yourself to someone else. In the case we're speaking of, God calls us to be committed to Him. I quoted 1 Corinthians 6 just a few minutes ago. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, he says, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is of God? Which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? For you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. So we belong to Him. Our commitment first is to Him. You commit yourself to God. By the way, you commit yourself to God not temporarily. Your commitment is not bi-monthly. Your commitment is not once-monthly. Your commitment is not seasonable. Your commitment is not bi-weekly. Your commitment is day by day by day by day until you leave this walk of life. Total commitment. When you get saved, you commit yourself. When I got saved, by my own will, I was willing to transfer my allegiance, my feelings, my time, my energy, my resources, my possessions, my money from this world to the kingdom world. That's commitment. Luke chapter 14. Listen to what God's Word says in verse 26. 
If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brother and sister and yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now the word hate there doesn't literally mean the, the, the English word we have for hate today, but the word means to, to love less. If you come to me, Jesus said, if any man come to me and does not love his father, mother, wife, children, brother, sister, and his own life less than me, then he cannot be my disciple. Christ has said, I must be number one in your life. Above all. And whosoever, verse 27, doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You see the commitment? There's a commitment. When we get saved, God calls us to a full commitment to Him. But not only that, God calls us to a full commitment to the church, to a local body of Christ. So, dear Christian, the moment you were saved, you in essence said, I'm yours, God. I'm ready for service. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And God says, in essence, when you committed yourself to me, you also committed yourself to the local church. To the church. And I have a local congregation that you're going to be attached to to help build up and to edify and to use your spiritual gifts. And at that very moment of conversion, God prepared a place for you. He's preparing a place for us in heaven. But God had a special place for you. He had a special, not only a place, but He had a role for you as a working, functional part of a local body of believers. You're part of the church. You're part of the local church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Listen to what God's Word says in verse 12 and following. He says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, have been all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I'm not the hand, I'm not the body, is, is therefore of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it's pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. You're part of the body. Verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that all the members should have the same care, one for another. Verse 26, whether one member suffers, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So dear friend, the church of the living Christ needs you 
and you need the church. And the church is handicapped, listen, unless you are serving and using your spiritual gifts. And if you're just setting and you're not serving, you're hurting the church. And at the same time, you're in willful disobedience to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So God calls for a total commitment to Him. God calls for a total commitment to the church. And there is a place of service for everyone. If you remember, for a number of weeks, we put ministry forms, team forms in your bulletin and had them out at the Welcome Center. Real simple. You go by, you pick one up, you decide, hey, after praying about this, I feel God has gifted me with spiritual gifts and natural abilities to serve in this area. I don't know much about this, but I feel this is where God's leading me to serve, but I'm willing to learn what this ministry does, and I'll be an active part of this ministry. I'm going to serve the Lord here in the local church in this ministry. And I would say overall there are 300 people that's been in and out at different times, 300 different people in and out during the times those have been laying there. And we've had, I think, of, as of last week, 68 of those turned in. Nominating committee begged for five weeks for somebody to help in the nursery. And we had a high percentage of choir members that volunteered to do that, so we have choir members out of the choir helping in the nursery. Let me say the weeks are covered, and I appreciate that, and thank you so much for your faithfulness, and thank you for your commitment. That's one time a month. It's like pulling teeth. We can do better than that, Mountain View. We've done better than that. We can do better than that. And as God's under-shepherd, I can say biblically that if you're not serving somewhere in this church as a Christian, then you're backslidden. And you're not totally committed. There is a place somewhere, and God expects it of us. So we're to be totally committed to God, to His church, through our spiritual gifts. And let me close with this, through our giving. Turn to Malachi 3, verse 10, just a minute. Familiar passage of Scripture, no doubt, but I want you to really see what it says. Malachi 3, verse 7. Let's look at verse 7. Let's pick up that, verse 7. Malachi 3, verse 7, as we think about giving and the importance of giving. Malachi 3, last chapter, last book in the Old Testament. Even from the days of your fathers, verse 7 of Malachi 3, even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinances and you've not kept them. Return to me. Return is, literally means to repent. And I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? What do we need to repent of? Will a man rob God? Verse 8. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, well, wherein have we robbed thee? God said, in your tithes and offerings. And then look at verse 9. 
He says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Notice the promise. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. In one passage, God gives the key to spiritual blessings. Put him first. Give the first tenth to him. The result, he will pour out of heaven blessings that you will not have enough room to receive. So let me ask you, do you tithe? You, you, think that, you think he's talking to Israel and he's just talking to Israel and he's not talking to anybody else about how they had turned against him by robbing him of his tithe and his offerings? That's just in the Old Testament. I know there's a lot of discussion what the storehouse is. That comes from people who just focus about greed. It's kind of about a theological discussion about what, who owns everything. Our leaders in our church, do you tithe? Our deacons, our teachers? Pastor does. Is it just for the pastor and his family? Because I take him at his word. And I can give testimony to his word. He has done exactly what he said he'd do in verse 10 in my own personal life. And others can give that same testimony. God's word says you rob him, verse 8. That means you steal from him. God says you're cursed, verse 9, with a curse. Why? For robbing me. I'm going to tell you something. I'll have a lot to stand, when I stand before God, I know I'm saved and I know I'm not condemned, I know I'm going to heaven. But there's one thing he won't accuse me of, is robbing, stealing from me. That would shake me to the bottom of my feet to know I couldn't sleep at night knowing that I had a curse on me from Almighty God. You think of that. You say, what's the point in all this, Brother Sammy? Here it is. We're going to continue reaching people through evangelism and discipleship and ministry. We're going to have to be committed not only in attendance and, and, and ministry, but also in our giving. We have to be committed to God, to His church, and serving and in our giving. And if we're not, then we do what everyone else does. We evaluate revival expense. We evaluate teen kid expense. We evaluate children's ministry, vacation Bible school, local missions, cooperative program, uh, our youth program. And then we'll do like so many, we'll just join the ranks of the uncommitted. I don't want to be there. 
I want to be totally, fully committed to the Lord. And I hope you do too. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you and I thank you for an opportunity we have to, to come together this morning. Thank you for each person that's here. Thank you for your word and how your word has spoke to our hearts. And so, Father, as we've examined our commitment to you this morning, it, it's real simple. We're to be fully committed. We're to serve you with our whole heart and not half-hearted. Half-heartedness. Lord, just won't get it. And so help us, we pray, as we've evaluated our heart this morning in regards to commitment. Help us to recommit ourselves to you today. And say, God, I'm, I'm going to be fully committed in everything, in service, in ministry, and in my giving, in order that we can be and do what this church needs to, to do. Thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.